What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Very Dependent Podcast, where we depend on the Verde and Black for our everyday vibes. We're going to start the first half of this episode on a player profile of Mr. 100 himself, Yossi Zardes, before we jump into a halftime segment discussing the recent rise in season ticket prices. After we take a quick break, we'll spend the second half on our very first Murga report and end it with a stoppage time rundown of the hottest Austin FC, MLS, and World Footy storylines of the past week. I'm Logan Bartlett, a.k.a. Lobar. I'm Logan Jones, a.k.a. Lojo. And what's up? I'm Paul, a.k.a. Lopal. All right, let's get it. With his header against the Houston Dynamo, Yassi Zardes became the 13th player in MLS history to score 100 goals. While he has been criticized at different points throughout his career, both professional and national, Yassi has been one of the best scorers to ever come out of the United States. So, Paul, to start off, uh, can you give us a bit of a background on the role of the striker, center forward, number nine, and how Yassi plays the position? Yeah, for sure. So I think for folks just getting into the sport um, or just could use a refresher on positional play and stuff like that, the striker, also known as the center forward, also known as like the number nine, they're the primary like attacker on, on the football team or the soccer team. And they're responsible for like leading the attack. Um, and generally that's like the center part of the name, like in terms of center forward. Uh, suggests that they're like centrally located uh, in the attacking part of the field. So you see them crashing into the box a lot of the time, or um, as we'll talk about in just a little bit with modern strikers that kind of uh, play back a little bit um, and distribute play like to either side of the field. But generally you're going to find them in the center of like the attacking third, mostly. Um, And so, yeah, as far as, Jazzy's concerned um there's you know these schools of thoughts between like traditional strikers and more modern strikers and i think the best way to uh kind of think about these two as a difference is uh that traditional strikers are generally you're like your big man up top you know they're the ones that can get a uh, like a pass to their feet they can hold up play and distribute uh to their to their wingers um run into the box crash crash the goal and um, get goal scoring opportunities that way whereas like modern strikers are the ones that kind of like exhibit that false um false nine kind of like 10 uh, central attacking mid uh, style where they drop back more distribute and just make smarter runs in between the defense. Right. And so Jazzy is definitely more of the like traditional striker mm-hmm. just because in terms of like his physicality and stuff like that um, he's, he's really good about holding defenders off. You see him a lot of time battling with like opposing teams, like stronger, like stronger, taller center backs. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he's just a really good aerial uh, threat you know you we've seen him now he's gotten three goals in three games um just like being at the right spot in the box um ready all, for those crosses. all headers too all headers all all headers bro yep. um and so that's that's the big thing like i know we're all about to kind of talk about him in general but um in terms of like more traditional versus modern um he's definitely i, I would say a more traditional style um, yeah like what what would some examples of like a traditional style be st- uh, traditional style striker be and like yeah names? for sure so like my my first two that I think of um, is like a really good like Bayern Munich uh, forward his name is Jared Muller um, and that dude was was clutch uh, especially for a German national team and then I think everyone's like uh, what at least what I think of in terms of a striker was like Brazil's like 
Ronaldo with my man with like the the best haircut in the world. Ronaldo, you know what I'm talking about? Back for Barca, Inter and uh, Madrid and all that. Those are like the more traditional, like um, just like up top poaching, like they're they're all over the place. In terms of like the modern uh, strikers, like I'm thinking of folks like uh, Robert Lewandowski, you know, um, um, Benzema that just like decided to like take his talents to, to Saudi Arabia I believe, yeah, as yeah. of today. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously everyone's favorite new striker in uh, Erling Holland because uh, Pep has just got him doing all sorts of craziness um, to get him into really good goal scoring opportunities. And so when, I, when you, when you hear modern striker versus traditional, you're, you know, that those are the kind of profiles that, um, I think of. Right. Um, so yeah. Um, but I mean, as far as all that's concerned, what does, like, what do the stats say for, um, uh, for Jazzy in terms of like how he, yeah, um, yeah. how he plays? For sure. So, you know, there's a big contention of where you find your stats and, and where it's all sourced. So this is off according to MLS.com where Jazzy spent his entire career. Uh, so his career statistical total has been a hundred goals, 543 scoring attempts, 217 shots on target and an XG of 68 goals. Um, I, that that's actually from FB reference. So the, the XG is, but, and he has 25 assists with uh, five goals and two assists on top of that coming in the MLS playoffs. Um, this season, according to the stats, he is in the 98th percentile in goals per shots on target. Um, but on the flip side, he is in the 19th percentile in total shots. So both are generally in line with his career numbers, making his career one of kind of like high efficiency and converting a low number of chances. So that's like a little overview of, of who Giassi is in MLS. But Lojo, can you take us even deeper into the stats? Yeah, for sure. Um, as you mentioned, uh, this season, according to uh, FBRF, it's uh, he is in the 90th percentile for 98th percentile for goals per shots on target, which means that he's converting a high rate of shots uh, when he's on target. So if he's getting that ball uh, on frame, it, there's a good chance that it's going in. And he's doing that better than most people uh, in the league in the past year. Uh, and this is consistent also uh, with a lot of his other seasons. And I looked at a lot of stats um, from his 2020 season when uh, the crew won the uh, MLS Cup. And he was probably probably one of his best seasons uh, in the MLS. Yeah, he was in MVP contention for yeah, for a good chunk of the absolutely. season. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I wanted to use I wanted to use some of these stats of what he's looking like for the past year um and compare them to, you know, what's what does he look like and what, how does it compare to some of his better seasons, honestly? Uh use that as the litmus test to kind of see if we're getting the same player, um uh, which I think we truly are. Um, but I think maybe he's just maybe lost a little bit of a step since, you know, some of those seasons. Uh, but you know, these stats are going to tell you that, uh, player wise and skills wise, he's pretty much the same, uh, moving on, yeah. uh, as Lobar mentioned, uh, he's in the 19th percentile for total shots, uh, with 2.06. Uh, and then he was also in the 33rd percentile, uh, in 2020. So he's not taking a lot of shots. So that conversion rate is pretty high and that goes hand in hand uh, with that shots per goal. Um, and I think a lot of yeah. talks of that about when we were signing him and the rumors were starting to spread about Jesse coming to Austin was he doesn't take a lot of shots, but when he does, uh, it's going in. Um, also, he's uh, 
his passes were uh, 16.46 per uh, 90 minutes. Uh, and that is pretty low as well. He's also in the, I think that's like the 13th percentile, uh, whereas okay. 2020, he was in the ninth percentile with 11.31 passes. That's per, tough, bro. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that that's not a lot of passes. I mean, that Ugh. man, I mean, really, truly, most of the time, if he's touching the ball, it's a shot um right yeah clearly yeah and that's something to remember too because as that striker you're kind of like that last part of of the attack right so he's not he's not generally known for dumping it off necessarily and plus uh, a kind of a trait that you don't see in the stats is jassy doesn't have a very good touch um so you best -hmm. best believe that ball is either getting shot or uh there's a respectfully 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 hey it's okay none of us are bad players right it's not as bad as those old YouTube compilations from his like U.S. Oh, men's national teams days. 100%. It's, it looks a little tighter for the it, most part. Yeah, from what I've seen this season, he definitely does have it a little bit tighter. There's every now and then where I see a, a stray, uh, but that's yeah, all. It's, good. A, it's a yeah, a little brick uh, there, but it's all good. And another stat uh, about y- Jassy and his shooting is his average shot distance is roughly ten yards. Um, so he's a large presence deep into that box. Uh, he's yeah. he's poaching. Uh, crosses, balls coming through, uh, some if it's bouncing around, he's going to be there close to the goal um, to just tap it in, whatever he can, to just get that ball into the net. Um, he actually is in the 75th, 75th percentile for non-penalty X, uh, XG. So he's yeah. in the top uh, three quarters of comparable players um, in the past year of – not yeah. penalty XG. Um, all in all, he's a large presence uh, that plays well with his back to the goal. Um, a lot of what I feel like we kind of use GTA as that kind of big presence. If we needed a big body to just go in there and bully some people, uh, you know, I, yeah. I, I miss mm-hmm. it. Um, but that's not to say that GTA was also a little bit faster and could get on that break a little bit better than Yasi can at this part of his career. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give it that caveat that of this part of his career, he's he's definitely looking a yeah. little slower but that's yeah, okay. we're not seeing the burners for sure no uh, uh so you mentioned jite and that kind of makes me think you know jite technically is on the team still but it seemed like bringing zardes in and sending jite out on loan was almost a one-for-one swap from what you've described in terms of like how we can use jiasi and how we deploy him on the field um so what are the vibes y'all get from like the striker core we have? We have three strikers currently playing on this team. Zardes, Maxi, Bruin. Zardes, we've kind of described as this poacher. Um, he's opened up kind of a full game plan of uh, like sending long balls to him and he can kind of settle it or at least tap it off to somebody or get the second ball or whatever. But how, what are the vibes you get from you know each of the other strikers to compare his play style? Paul, I'll hand it to you first. Yeah, for sure. So in terms of like the eye test, uh, just like watching and not fully diving into stats necessarily um, in terms of like, I'm just going back to like the traditional versus modern um, takes on the striker position. I think Maxi is probably going to be what I would consider our most modern striker in terms of just what we see him doing off of the ball, which is doing yeah. a lot of the high pressing, a lot of uh, playing back, you know, uh, linking up with the rest of the attackers. and um, you know, like he's, he's better known for taking the shots further away from the the box. And so, um, 
you know, that's where I would categorize him in. Whereas um, Bruin, and I know he was really prolific kind of earlier in his career and stuff like with Houston and like the earlier parts of um, Seattle, but he's another like traditional uh, style striker. In my opinion, I think you could swap him and Zardis out almost interchangeably on a one for one um, because again, he's using his physical, like, you know, abilities to like wrestle with center backs and like put ahead on things. And so, uh, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, man, I agree. I think you see Maxi playing kind of, like you said, that more modern style to where he Mm -hmm. goes a little bit deeper in the midfield. He's linking up more. He's getting balls to his feet. He's passing them off and he's making forward runs, but leaving that space in the deep attack for Jerusi to run in and be that, you know, within 10 yards of the, of the goal. Um, attacking threat. So it gives you the reason we see Maxi shoot those kind of further out shots is because he's filling that almost the 10 space that Drew would normally be in with a guy like Zardes on the field um, and getting Drew closer close to the goal. Bruin, I think, like you said, it nailed it perfectly uh, at this point in his career too. He's not playing many minutes. He's coming in as kind of the second striker um, yeah. as needed. If we're down a goal or, you know, we want to take, take a, take some points in a, in a game at the end. Um, so he's really just that tall, traditional guy that'll body up and jump for a goal, which is what he did for in the Seattle game. So anyway, let's move on. Let's keep it going. Uh, we're going to go to this little halftime discussion on season ticket prices and how they're rising for yet another year. Um, so as I mentioned, the annual season ticket renewal email um, was sent to season's ticket holders on Tuesday of this week. And news that the price is increasing is not sitting very well with fans um, who are already frustrated with the team's performance so far this season compared to last year uh, price increases range anywhere from 4% to 14%, depending on where you're sitting. Uh, for example, the supporter section tickets are rising about 7% in price. Um, some highlights from Twitter, the conversations we've seen this week are uh, ones from, from Luke Zim uh, 14% price increase for a 42% decrease in points at this point in the season. Um, that kind of sums up where we were, you know, last season when the email came out saying season tickets are renewed. We were doing a lot better in the standings um, from Fucho. The honeymoon is over. Poor performances and price increases are a bad combo. Um, I, I want to preface all this to say this is before last night's game. Um, so, you know, we hadn't gotten three points uh, at that point. Um, and a lot of people are asking for an explanation. Uh, one of that is one of those people is actually Lojo herself. He he hit up uh, his season ticket or his ticket rep and uh had a little conversation so what came out of that man what came out of that conversation yeah for sure uh you know me as a person i always like to just kind of hear everybody out let's you know uh and my first thing was just kind of why uh why are they doing this and the immediately i just said shot my you know rapid text uh it was just like hey man uh you might if we get on a call real quick you just want to kind of get an idea of you know, what's the reasoning behind this? Uh, and not and not in a confrontational way, but just kind of see, you know, what was the explanation as to uh, why they decided to increase? Um, and he told me um, uh, a lot of it was definitely, uh, and he couldn't say a lot just because a lot of this stuff isn't out yet. It's not his information to give out, and a lot of it's not concrete yet. But essentially, he wants to do a lot more, or the the team wants to do a lot more with community engagement, fan engagement, um, stuff with the supporters. uh, And uh, it costs just a little bit more money. Um, And that's fine. Uh, I'm cool with that. I get it. Um, 
and it's a business. It, it sucks. I mean, that's just less money that I have and more money I have to spend. Um, yeah. And, you know, definitely, I mean, that definitely prices out some families, and that's really unfortunate. Um, for sure. Luckily for me, uh, you know, 60, it's about $60, and it broke down to about $2 a game for the supporter season tickets, supporter right. section season right. tickets. Um, yeah. So, but there's some other uh, areas where it was much higher. Um, oh, for but, sure. But yeah, man, uh, it was just seemed like uh, there's a little bit of a return investment, a future return on investment. Uh, yeah. Kind of sum up what my rep said. And, you know, um, I'll believe him. And, you know, we'll have to just look to the future to see if that really does uh, come yeah. to fruition. And if it doesn't, then, you know, I'm out. But if they are good to their word, you know, there's a lot more engagement. We do. We have a lot more stuff to do with the fans and the team. Um, cool. Yeah. I mean, that's great. Agree, man. And, and something to point out, too, is that this isn't the first time the tickets have, have risen in price. It's no, happened every year in between, between 21 and 22, 22 and 23, and now 23 to 24. Um, so Paul, what are your thoughts on this, man? I mean, is it a reaction to a combination of poor timing and poor performance or are the year to year price increases finally catching up to folks? I mean, I think it's going to be a little bit of both. Um, the thing that I take away from this and just using my experience before, um, you know, back when I lived in Houston and I was, uh, a season ticket holder for Houston Dynamo for a time. Hold it down. You know, hold it down, SC. Um, <laughs> but it, no, man, it, you know, one thing that was a benefit, I think, to the supporters over there was because of how much of a shambles the club was. I mean, everything was just kind of like at a discounted price. Um, and so you were getting season tickets for the supporter section for like, I think, a, a, a whopping total of like $275. It was crazy. Damn. Bro. Um and right, like compared to that to like what we're seeing here in Austin, yeah, um, it's just that's, it's that's like San Antonio FC prices. There's a, it is like two hundred fifty dollars, no, really. and that was that was around you know like twenty like throughout like 2018, 2019 into twenty twenty, right? Um, and so that was just like whoa, man, you know it's crazy, and, and a lot of it is you're paying for that sticker price of it being a new product, obviously uh, with the expansion uh, coming in back in 21. Yeah. Um, but the reality is that the hard thing that I'm seeing, and I think a lot of other fans are seeing this too, is that as a season ticket holder, generally teams provide certain incentives. They mm -hmm. provide different opportunities for the fans to really engage and be a part of you know this connection with the team. Um, and we don't always see that necessarily as a, like a tangible benefit. And that's where I start to get a little bit wary because mm -hmm. I understand like, Hey, yeah, like we need to, we need to cough up some money. So that way they can like, quote unquote, treat us better. Um, yeah. like it's, yes, it's a business. However, comma, I think that it's okay if they operate on a loss in a, in a sense, you know what I'm saying? Where it's like, yeah. they could give out a couple more of the freebies every now and then they could offer like some player events, like uh, how they do the signings at, at the Verde store or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's, it's new. I think we as fans need to, need to kind of take up what Lojo is doing and just reach out to your ticket reps and kind of just explain, you know, and, and just say like, Hey, you know, what are your expectations as a fan? Yeah. Because they don't know until it's too late almost. And and the hardest part for me is honestly just like the pricing out, man. Because obviously yep. you live in Austin and that's just kind of like the overall theme of everything, right? That is awesome. Um, and and it, it is, just, man. it sucks, dude. Um, 
And a because lot of people I, have to have to drive in too. So right, right. And and like outside of town. Anyway. Yeah. Well, and dude, this was this was honestly like um I, I can't like officially go on record and say it, but I'm gonna go ahead and say it is like this was a big part of why I decided to like move back home. Um, you know, from from Houston is because this is like football is just a big part of my life, and it's like to come support you know, this, um, team from, from Austin, it was like, I gotta be here. I gotta, I gotta, you know, be a part. Um, but I'm not, I'm not rolling. Like I can stay, you know, in here forever. And that's the, that's the hard part. But, uh, all that to say, man, is like, you, you do what you can while you can, and then, uh, hope that, you know, things work out eventually. Amen. Amen. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Paul. You you hit it on, you hit it on the head there. Um, And to kind of go back to Logan's original point, like, uh, you know, does performance of the team definitely play a role? It does. Cause last season I didn't give, uh, I didn't give a, you know what, we were rolling high. We were paying for Drew's flight to Minnesota. I didn't care. It's fine. Whatever. Fine. You could have told, you could have upcharged me a hundred bucks. I'd have been like, yeah. But, you know, it, it, it definitely does play a role. And, you know, if people are going to go and talk to their reps, um, make it a diplomatic conversation. Uh, you know, these are kind of like the frontline people. They're here. Uh, you know, they're not the ones that are making these changes or, you know, they're just no. the ones dealing with the bad news. So be nice to your ticket rep. Mine was awesome. Yeah. Um, and I think Paul has a good point to that, too. I mean, when you're talking, if you if you get the chance to talk with your ticket rep, share with them what your expectations are, like Paul said, or even like what, what it is you want, you know, like I I'm in the same boat where we, we haven't gotten like in the first year there was seemingly, and I was, I wasn't a season ticket holder that year. So I don't want to, I can't speak from experience, but there was seemingly not much trade-off. There was, there, I don't think there it's was like a, a little season ticket holder box or something from yeah. the beginning of the, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, so, so again, to talk about San Antonio FC, I just saw on Twitter, their season ticket holders are getting, a little gift pack with like a San Antonio FC scarf and not one of the like net spend or Q2 stadium ones, but like a fancy legitimate just for the team scarf. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's people are getting tumblers that are branded for the team. We've gotten those things too, but they're part of those game day giveaways that are heavily branded by the sponsor that paid for it. Right. It's a different kind of experience. All that to yeah. say is if you could tell them what it is you want, you're like, I think we need more acknowledgement in terms of like, something to set us apart for the investment that we're making in this team, whether it be merch, uh, maybe don't make this, the player uh, signing like the day where they get the autographs, whatnot on a Wednesday. Right. Because a at, lot of people at like that, five o'clock. Of town. Right. Right. It's and just, that was pretty much, that was kind of my issue. Like the one thing that I like raised a concern about and not even like concern. I was just like, Hey man, this kind of sucks was um, uh, you know, the, I guess the incentive event is on like a Wednesday this year. Uh, yeah. I can't just go up to Austin on, on, on a whim. Um, yeah. and I told my rep that I was like, Oh, you know, that kind of sucks. It'd be cool if we, like, we did events again, like we did last season on, on a Saturday. Um, yeah. but he was even just like, you know, man, let me see like what I can do. Uh, and that's, he's cool. going to get the whole team just chilling, driving down to San Antonio. <laughs> I just, just want like Julio, just Julio. I just want, I want the <laughs> Costa Rican team. Center yeah, national back, team. <laughs> Julio Castante, Paul. Oh yeah, bro. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right. I hope all you right. get that G. I, I hope you do that. too, man. I hope you do too. All right. We're going to take a quick halftime ourselves before we get into the Lamarga to Austin report. So we'll see y'all on the other side.
right, guys. Uh, so we're back for a second half uh, talking about a very dear and close um, topic of like for, for me, um, which is pretty much the atmosphere at Q2 and talking about Lemurga's uh, involvement in that. And so um, if if y'all want to just kind of like join the the ride with me here as I kind of talk through like just some observations. A lot of what we're going to be talking about today is just a lot of like reflective things and also like what we've observed uh, during our time going to Austin FC games. And so I guess before I, sh before we get started, let's just say this isn't a, like a, how to be a fan talk necessarily. It's more so like um, just me as like a trumpet player um, in, in the Murga. It's like, I want to be able to share like all the hard work that we try to, to, uh, incorporate to like give to the atmosphere, like from sections 101 to 105 in the South end and to everyone else in the stadium. I just want to make, make people, you know, more aware of like what kind of vibe we're, we're trying to achieve, what kind of interactive moments we're trying to, to have with the whole community in that stadium. Um, and so, you know, I just want to start off by saying that I like, I'm, I'm always left in awe of like how, fortunate we are as a fan base to like have a group like Lemurga and all the other SGs that like work so well in tandem uh, to give fans like the game day atmosphere. And I think it's something that we should always be mindful of because especially on downtimes, um, I guess we can consider this still a downtime because given the trajectory of the season up to this point, um, we've definitely fallen short of a lot of expectations. And so, you know, I think we as a fan base are starting to feel that, right? Um, but just understand that there are, you know, I know in Spanish, they call them los uh, incondicionales, the inconditionals, uh, where no matter what, win, draw, loss, like we will show up and we will give our all and our energy to this team because, you know, it's, it is it is what it is. And so that, um, that even louder when we're down energy, you know, fucking yeah, man, it's yeah. Um, that's what it is. And so. Um, before we get started, I want to talk just a, a little bit briefly about just the atmosphere at large in terms of like in Q2 versus like the other stadiums in uh, Texas and then like league wide as a whole. Yeah. So I think we all know this. It's like it's a fact like water is wet. Like we're so much better than like <laughs> uh, our, our neighbors to the north and south uh, of like Houston and Dallas. And I say that with full respect for both clubs, because like I look at, you know, Houston, I think in general, uh, have you guys ever been to like PNC stadium? Like, did y'all have y'all had not actually no, for whatever I, reason for, I think in terms of like setup and location, you know, with all due respect, I think that Houston has, you know, uh, Dallas and Austin beat because it's, it's perfectly set just kind of like yeah. in downtown. It's, it's a really cool view actually. Um, and so with that said, you know, they have one of the best setups they're in a large market Yep. in terms of like the execute, like the, uh, attendance execution part of it though, that's, it's been super poor, uh, over the past, uh, you know, you can call it a decade. Um, uh, but I do expect that to change under like the new ownership that they've gotten, uh, last year under Ted Siegel. Yeah. Dallas dude. It's like going to a round rock express game. <laughs> um, have y'all, well, or like, yeah. I'm trying to think like, um, I've been to both Grand Rock in... Express and Frisco games. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I it's like confirm. if I close my eyes, you can tell me like I'm at one or the other. It's like it, it yeah. feels like the same. You I, know? I, I want to put some respect on Grand Rock Express because that shit's fun. 
That's oh, dude, that's Frisco facts. games. Fourth of July, not so much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Dude, yeah. sitting outside outfield, just fucking chilling on the hill. That's Good right, man. Um, and I think what's missing for both of those is a really strong like Merga type um, like presence. You know, uh, Houston's got uh, El Batallon, which is like a, like a four man brass group, which you know they do their best. Um, just doesn't create the same level of atmosphere that Merga does in Austin. Yeah. And then um, I think uh, Dallas has like the Matador, yep. um, you know, but again, just not quite to the level that we've uh, come out swinging. Yeah. And so um, I think what's also really cool, just in terms of like league wide uh, experiences, you know, I've had a chance to like go to like, um, you know, I'm thinking of like games in Denver or games in like DC and you, you've been unfor- to LAFC too, right? Oh yeah, and LAFC yeah, that's that the, for prime one. Yeah, that's a really good um like example. They were, you know, coming in in 2018 and and they just like got off to a really flying start in terms of like how they built their fan uh base and the culture over there. Um but it's really cool to see other markets, you know, you're looking at all these new expansion teams even since like 2018 with you got Nashville, Austin, um we can throw in Miami, um St. Louis even has like a really good atmosphere hey, from Charlotte. what I'm seeing. Charlotte, and Charlotte too, man. You yeah. know, when, when you've got uh, access to like big stadiums like that, the way like Atlanta does, you yeah. know, in the Georgia dome or excuse me, the, what is that? Mercedes Benz. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's just, it's just one of those things that we're, we're among like the top dogs of uh, like atmospheres. And so um I think a big part of that is obviously like the songs and like the interactive moments, right. That we have, um, as a fan base, the players in the club has said it themselves, you know, like we, that 10 minute video that came out today by the club, there was Mm -hmm. four minutes of interviews with the team and they talked about how important the, the environment is and this, the music and the cheering and just the the experience of Q2 is so important to pushing the team and elevating their performance as well. For sure. And I think that's why it's it's so good just to like have a second to like reflect because like if you're listening to this, chances are you, you know you go to a game and you you can recognize like the song and you might know the lyrics and that's awesome. But I encourage you to like share this with someone that maybe doesn't fully know what to expect from a song or anything like that because what we're trying to do here as as Lamurga as the full you know uh supporter section is to be that 12th man on the field for our team and we can only do that if like everyone really is just kind of kind of like bumping and so True. um you know like respectfully I'm looking at like sections 101 105 who you know like I I like take a moment and like look outside of either side of 103 and I'm like, dang, like they better get with it. You know what I'm saying? And so, <laughs> um, yeah, let's just kind of go through. I figured uh, we would start with like kind of breaking this up into like pre-match during the match and then kind of like post-match uh, actions. And so uh, I think everyone knows um, what the heartbeat's about. Right. Uh, and so like that's like a stadium wide kind of like acknowledgement of like, Hey, you know, like we're getting ready to like bring our boys out. It's a big chant that just kind of like keeps going, keeps going and kind of intimidates the opposition as they're walking out of the tunnel next to our guys. Um, And what I've started to notice, I don't know about you guys, but like, I've only noticed that it's just us like in the South end doing it really. Um, And really, I think other than like the inaugural game against like San Jose, um, I haven't really seen everyone in the whole stadium, like getting involved in the Listo Verde thing. And I think it would be really cool. 
True. What do y'all think? Hey, hey, that could be so you know, throwing out McConaughey was there, right? In the first game. He had the drone. Yeah. He was in the middle of the field looking at everybody, right? So everybody mm-hmm. felt that they were being acknowledged. Um, being in the south end, the drums on the stand, you know, right yeah. behind the net. Um, so they're looking at us. This could be a moment for fucking Verdissimo to step up, dude, and right. run around the sideline and be no, but seriously though, running the side and be like Lisa Ver, like yelling at everybody yeah, and, and making this run around and like getting the sections to join in. Um, I mean, that's just like one way that you can think of you have that hype man there to hype people up. Just exactly. want to throw that out there. But I, I definitely think also adding like, you know, maybe making the drum uh loud enough or you know, finding some way to get the drum sound uh across the entire stadium would help too. Um yeah. because even just when uh I've sat in the supporters section or stood in the supporters section every game that I've been to except for the open cup game against Chicago. Uh, that was my first time having seats. And we were in what section, Lobar? Like one, you know, 111, 111, 112. Sure. I don't not, know what that's Not even called. really that far from the sports section. Uh, yeah. And the drum, you know, I could see where you can't really hear that drums and you're kind of relying on the fans going, Verde, Listos. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. just maybe getting that, that heartbeat drum, that sound across yeah. the stadium somehow would even help that as well. I think that'd be awesome. Uh, and I, what, one thing, correct me if I'm wrong, the screen behind us has Verde and Listos on it, as we say. Is that right? If That's a really good question. Should. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I want to say it, it might, but... Or maybe it just says the heart going I, in there. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's just like the, the illustration of the heart. Yeah. That could be something, but, too. Anyway. For sure. No, And I think that's also a really good point uh, for you guys to mention, because I know... If you're outside of like the south end and you're like, say, like on the north end or on either side of the the pitch, um, that sound traveling, right, is always a big deterrent uh, for like fully engaging. And I think that's just that's a hard reality that we're trying to overcome as like a a Merga trying to like provide for the whole stadium. Um, And realistically, we have to eventually like come to some kind of balance where we do incorporate um maybe like you know a speaker system to like just get everyone involved i think that really would help like if you're listening like i would really be curious especially if you're not um standing in like the supporter section and you're like in one of the other three areas of the the stadium like i'd I'd really be curious to hear what your what your thoughts are on that so um obviously that's the heartbeat that leads into you know the teams walking out we've got national anthem all that good stuff and then we get into like the meat and potatoes of the match. And we always start with that Wolf of Wall Street, you know, McConaughey. Uh, yep. um, and what one thing that like even and this is like a refresher just for like everyone. Like yeah, I'm just talking like I got everyone. yeah, supporter yeah. section. Even if you've been in 103 rail riding since 21, I promise you at one point, like we might have accidentally done an oops and and we don't all get on the same page. So yeah. I just want you to remember, I want you to remember three numbers, two, two, and six. Because whenever we start, we always start with like the two O's first. Oh that's the first two. Oh that's the second two. Then oh That was the six. That was the six right there, right? And so I think sometimes whenever we hear the drums counting off, we immediately start off in the six section, the longer one, right? Yeah. And so one thing I want y'all to know is that, like, um, if you're looking out, like in the capo stands or whatever, 
we're we've learned that now that like the stadium has a like a harder time starting and so like they'll flash with their arms and their hands they will um you know that that we're like we're on the two or we're on the six now you know we're gonna keep it going yeah uh, so that's just that's just one thing that you know it's it's we're midway through season three and we still haven't hit that shit like a hundred percent it happened last yeah. night Last yeah, night it happened. Yeah. yeah, like right away. And you could you can kind of tell. And so that's just something that, you know, it's not it's not a diss on anyone. It's just these these are all just observations, again, and reflections on like, how can we as a fan base make sure that we're all on the same page and and, and trying to go from there? Yeah. Um. These next couple of songs, I just kind of picked because they're probably the most interactive out of our repertoire. Yeah. Um. But like the newest one, I think that we're starting to see is a really big hit is the Feliz Feliz. Just because we have that jumping element incorporated yeah. into it, right? Um, and I think the really easy thing about that is just like if you're in the supporter section, we're always going to start jumping to the right, and that's just like we want to see that as a whole south end just oh, shifting from side to side. That'd man. be awesome. I yeah. think, yeah, I think there was uh, who was it, Brian Henley, uh, from Los Verdes Slack. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I saw that he posted a video, um, sitting from the north end of us you know, in the supporter section as like Felice Felice is going. And like, if you're in 103, bro, it looks really cool. And it feels really cool. Cause you're like, okay, my neighbor to my left and right is moving with me. But like yeah. from a video that far out, it looks really kind of like rough discombobulated <laughs> and like rough. Cause yeah. you're like, oh man, like these outside parts of the supporter section are literally just like watching, you know, or they're, yeah, they're, they're like, just kind of like not, not in it. Yeah. Um, And so that's something that, you know, I don't know about you guys, but like that, that is really fun uh, to just I love kinda, like have that moment, moment with it, with the fans and all that stuff. Um, yeah. I think something about that too, right. That's, that's from the supporter section point of view. So like when we look at one one through one Oh five and you did, like you said, it looks kind of discombobulated at times because not everyone's on the same page. It's been what, just a few weeks of this song. So it makes sense, sure. but um, you know, always starts to the right in the supporter section, but something that I've noticed um, from the rest of the stadium and having sat in other places in the stadium, it's hard to, there's, it's, there's no sense of rhythm from everywhere else just because the sound is, is going so crazy and, and you're yeah. always going to be a beat or two behind just because the sound doesn't hit you yet. So when you look at a song like Felice Felice, while, you know, the supportive section, ideally everybody's jumping right to left throughout the song. Um, that's a time where everybody else could like stand up. If you're, if you're in one of the seats, Stand up at that point, even if you're not standing, just kind of like put your arms up and jam to the to the drums as you hear it, you know? Yeah. Because those are little things where you mentioned these are some of the more interactive songs that you can engage with. Mm -hmm. Little things like that, even if you can't jump up and down right or throw your beer, you know, we don't want people to start throwing their drinks in the seated section. But if you could at least just kind of like throw your arms up and down, get some movement. So there's always just that raucousness and, and that that energy. You know, that's a way to get everybody involved that you can do your part still while hearing a song that, you know, is interactive in that way. For sure. Um, you know, and that's like, I'm going to remember, like I'm remembering now when we went to the the bank of California stadium um, for the Western conference final last year, that was my first experience over there. And it was actually really interesting to see how, involved the entire stadium was you know uh with with some of their chants and all that stuff and i think what it does is whenever you see an entire you know like mass of people you know however many we are was at twenty two thousand in in q2 
is the I think it's like capacity. twenty thousand or twenty thousand, right? One hundred eighty-seven yeah. or eight hundred seventeen, something like that. that. Yeah. When when you get everyone, I'm not even okay. Let's let's be let's be real. Not even everyone. Let's just talk about seventy-five percent, eighty percent. Yeah. Of of that many people. Yeah. All on the same page, bro. If you're on that field and you're not wearing Austin FC. Like, bro, you're a little nervous. You know right. what I'm saying? It's like in a corner, right? When we have an offensive corner and the whole yeah. stadium, everybody's standing on that side of the field. Everybody's just yelling yeah. in general, just creating that, that, you know, intensity. Willing it's it that, to happen. It's that same energy. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's facts. Uh, Lojo, you got anything so far? Just like what, what you've noticed, what you've kind of observed? Um, um, like just from. I mean, I got a glimpse of yesterday's game on TV. Uh, couldn't make it up mm. in the game. Um, definitely loud. Uh, I tell you, I don't know where those uh, microphones are placed. Mics are. But yesterday was definitely one of the louder games that I've watched on TV. Now, granted, I watch. I've uh, the games I've seen on TV are New Mexico and uh, Violet second leg. So uh, not yeah. much competition yeah. there. But you know, it was definitely right. Compl- and then you know, our, the commentators are mentioning it too. Like, oh wow, the, the, these guys are loud. Um, yeah, I mean that that it was you could kind of tell uh from they from different angles that they're shooting at uh you know kind of like the discombobulated of some coordination of like Felice Felice mm-hmm. and stuff. But you know it takes time as Lobar says. Um yeah. yeah. that's facts. But you know it's great because I can just sit I still sit at home and uh I'm just there like You're just like ch- kind of chilling. <laughs> I'm <laughs> doing the classic dolly dolly. Uh, I'm just like yeah. hell yeah. And uh yeah. Yeah, so it's cool, man. Um, and then also back to like when Lobar and I got those seats for the first time. You know, it's cool because some people definitely know like when to clap or like different parts of songs. But there's just you, you can tell some people have either like sat in the supporters section before, or you know, or have been listening, been there to enough games where they've heard it. Um, yeah, but it'd be cool to just get more like interaction in some of those other sections. And I think it could make you know, Q2, the tr- true fortress that we w- yeah. want it to be. And sometimes, you know, it can be, it, is Q2 a fortress? Well, you know, if we kind of get right, this yep. interaction from a lot more people than just the South End, it, it, it will yeah. be. Um, I, I, I think one for me, that would that would make me the most excited to see the stadium all do together, or like you said, 75% or whatever, uh, would be Makala with the flashlight going Dude. side to side. Because yeah. that one is, that one's so like, I mean, I, I'll say easy. It, it's so easy to follow. You're just rocking le- right to left with your flashlight up. And yeah. I think, you know, I, I'm, you know, guilty myself of this. I don't do that every game. I don't have my flashlight up because usually I'm just screaming or, you know, right. singing or whatever. Um, but if if everybody in the supporter section put their flashlight up for real, took their phone out and did that during that song, people, more people are going to join in because you see little pockets of people or, you know, one-offs yeah. across around the stadium doing it. but. I think if we lead that charge from 101 to 105, that would be really fun to see because that's the easiest one. And it just envelops the stadium with light in a cool way. I'm yeah. going to keep it real G. Uh, I'm going to be a part of that 25% because I'm one of those tin hat dudes <laughs> that uh, thinks McCalla's cursed. And uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, last <laughs> night we scored during it, bro. We Give did. Yeah, no, that's, we did. It's score. totally fair, man. Yeah, it's totally fair. I know everyone has their, their own takes on the different songs um you know for 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 better or for worse but and i also want to take this time to just kind of reiterate the fact that like i also want to give credit to the folks again that have continued to like participate and be involved in all of these things like this 
this is more like just to like give you reinforcements because we see you out there, um, you know, doing the thing. But I think, you know, whether you're a new fan or or you just don't know, like, Hey, like what's going on exactly? You know, like this is just kind of like our, our way of like, uh, you know, helping bridge that gap, so to speak. Um, Really quick, I know earlier we were talking about like we don't want the seated sections to like be throwing uh, their liquids necessarily and all that stuff. I've noticed, and I don't know about you guys, but like when I'm playing trumpet and stuff, um, especially in 103, bro, it looks like it feels like everyone forgot how to like just throw beer or water. <laughs> uh, like all they do yeah. is just like they they hold it out and they just dump, bro. Dude, and I got soaked and, last night, bro. And I am just asking. If you sit in 103 and you're like, you're right behind this trumpet player that probably has his shirt off, uh, please politely just like, like throw the water up. Don't just dump it right on my head. That's not fun. Um, And so, yeah, you know, I don't know what else to say other than like learn to throw the liquid again. Um, Throw it up and out. Yeah, man. Not in front of you. It's, it's wild, dude. Um, But yeah, all that to say, you know, um, I mean, that's another song where we can have that same stadium wide vibe where everybody's jumping around at least or arms right. pumping in the air just to yeah. add some of that ambience. Have y'all ever like I I, I think I might have maybe last season heard of like someone in one of the seated sections like accidentally like throwing their water or whatever. I've always been <laughs> yeah. curious. To, I was like hiking. Like, honestly, the poor I didn't souls. buy a drink. I did not buy a drink uh, when I got <laughs> yeah. seen just because I was There's just like, like just this innate, you know a natural thing reflex, reflex yeah. of just throwing <laughs> oh, yeah. it especially i was like if we score a goal i might accidentally just throw some water and you know upset someone so let me just refrain it's luckily wild, that game was the chicago open cup game so we did not <laughs> right there you right. go <laughs> and uh, then let's see so i think those are like the bigger interactive songs uh that we do yeah. during the matches and stuff if y'all feel like this is helpful information or like if y'all want to learn more about like other songs um definitely let us know like uh via social media or, or whatever method um but i know at the end of the match so like let's say winner winner draw or loss whatever we always 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 will play true love will find you in the end um and we've just kind of like decided to take that song um and make that the clubs like honorary like hey you know um this is the like finale we're here um and we're gonna play it regardless let the team know that we have we have their back yeah and then depending on if we win or not like that's when we jump into the i love you verde which we all know is maxi's affectionate you know tribute uh musical tribute to the to the club yep um and so i think it's it's really cool because at the end of all of that hard work that they put in, it's really cool to just see how they like, you know, come uh, uh, like right there by the uh, the south end with their their families, and you yep. just see the kids dancing dude. and then, cutest oh, shit ever, freaking cute, dude. It's, and and Sophie, Jeff All, and his Jeff cute, All, man, his Sophie, cute dude, ass he's got there, the like, biggest smile, like dude, <laughs> probably bigger than Ragoni, you know. It's adorable, um, bro. It's so cool, man, to, to, to see these in. players. Yeah, taking it, taking it all in, and 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 you, listener, you're a part of that, bro. Like you are a part of making that happen for these players and and for our community, you know. Um, and so again, the the Merga is it's just one supporter group uh, out of like the broader you know community here in Austin. Um, and what we try to do is just make Q2 like the best possible MLS atmosphere and. Um, 
you know, I've said it once, twice, three times again, is like, we, we just want everyone to help be a part of that mission. Um, and so all that to say is like everything that you hear, everything that you experience is also like from, from where the musicians are placed in the stadium to the instrumentation um, that like creates those sounds. Like it's all been battle tested over years. Um, and I know that we've had some folks uh, question that, you know, so to speak, um, over the years, but it, the truth is like, we, we, we've, we've tried to emulate what's been done successfully in, you know, Latin American, um, football stadiums around the world. And, um, we're trying to bring that here to Austin, man. Like how cool is that? And so, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that's just like one of those things that, um, I think will never not be cool is being a part of this and, and figuring out how to like make it even better. Facts, man. Facts. Shall we move on to stoppage time, boys? Actually, I got one more thing that I want to say. Real quick, no explanation. What is everybody's favorite Lemurga song? Ooh. Ooh. Oh, bro, it's got to be Matador. Matador for me. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, I think think Peppa's for me. Peppa's? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. No, Matador's mine as well. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, I go, I go fucking crazy uh, yeah. playing Matador, but also like singing it because like it's just, it's just one of those like classic chants. Peppa's is like one of my favorite songs to play. Period, just because you know the the high trumpet part is is really fun. Yes, um, but it's also really cool to just kind of see everyone doing the little Maxi Seba uh, dancing is. at the beginning. But it is so fun, man. When we rode, yeah. when we rode uh, Matador out during the PKs uh, last year in the playoffs. I was, yes. that was the, that was the pinnacle of my life. I actually was just like, is this where I peak? Because they, we just <laughs> right. roll that out and I was just, we just kept getting closer to winning and I'm just like, Aah! yeah, that yeah. was hard as fuck. The, <laughs> yeah. Nut, Love nut. it, man. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> All right. My bad. My bad. And my that bad, is the sign to move to stop this time, boys and girls. Right. Um, <laughs> All right, let's get it. Uh, 10 points for Austin in the month of May. It exceeded each of our expectations for the month. What are y'all's thoughts, Paul? Pleasantly surprised. Let's get it. Let's ride. Facts, Lojo. Um, hey, I love it. I, I'm okay with uh, you know being wrong if it means that we overperformed my expectations. Facts. Uh, my, my prediction for June is one point. Prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. They'll get like 15, bro. Come on. It's, it's science. Uh, Galley gets his fifth. Drew, he scores uh, immediately on his return from injury last night. What were y'all's vibes, Lojo? I mean, the man doesn't miss a beat. Te amo, Drew. Te amo mucho. Thanks. That's it. I'm just going to swoon. Yeah, man. I, I think it's another another awesome uh, attacking performance from from Gallagher. Yep. And I mean, Drew, what do you, what do you? Come on, man. He's back. Daddy, Drew, Dior uh national team call-ups we got a handful from the from the team first and second team uh mm-hmm. we got julio what julio cascante Ooh. on the costa rican men's national team paul you hear that bro you hear that? <laughs> hey bro chill bro, I'm, I'm really glad for him he's <laughs> gonna be you know like i really hope he gets <laughs> i really hope he gets some minutes i Facts, really hope he bro. gets some minutes i hope so too but we also got danny fucking what that's what's up dude uh, we got oh, Leo. Yeah. Leo had his, but he'll also be in the 2024 round as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Baby Owen Wolf dominating in the U20 World Cup right now. And then, super fun, we got Bobasi Biranga from the Austin FC2. Uh, he got called up to the Ugandan men's national team. That's Hell pretty yeah, sick. Man. Shout That's out Bobo, awesome. dude. 
Shout out, Bobo, dude. I'm, I'm proud of our boys. Last year, we were at this point, we were like, when's the first call up going to be? When's the first call up be? We got, we got Sean mm-hmm. last year. I'll give him that. Right. Yeah. But you know, he might be another if he's not injured this year. Anyway, uh, so we have a former Austin FC alum, uh, Ulysses Segura, throwing shade at Austin FC on Twitter. Lojo, did you see that? What do you think? I did. Um, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know the whole story. Maybe he's just upset that he got bought out. I, I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, but you know, good for him for going out there and winning. Yeah, yeah. He they uh, his team won the championship, right, in Costa Rica. Yeah, surprise. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, Paul, what do you think, man? Yeah, man. Uh, it's unfortunate, but you know, we got to keep moving, dude. Like, uh, he can say all that drama and all that shit for later, but um, facts. You know, facts. I'm worried about my team. Facts. 100 percent agree. Uh, moving away from our team and this one, uh, Chris oh, Klein, <laughs> the former president of la galaxy uh is out after 10 years uh paul what do you think man bro if you're an la galaxy fan i know you're wilding right now i know you're wilding because especially after they won right come on mm-hmm. now we've been <laughs> y'all been asking klein out for 10 years bro. let's go facts lojo hey man hopefully there's brighter days for la galaxy uh you know i don't want to see any team in the mud like that so more power to I hope so too man for hey, those man. fans for those yeah, fans absolutely. i want them to we think we have a bad <laughs> there they are uh moving across town in la uh well actually this was in mexico but you know the la team ccl leg one was last night uh leon beats lafc 2-1 in mexico but lafc gets a crucial away goal in the dying minutes of salvage time who Lozo. was it oh was it mr mvp was himself God. that boy danny bro different Max, gravy bro. baby uh you know what hey that's uh that one la- that last goal is gonna make uh LAFC, the game in uh, California, very fun to watch. It's yeah, gonna, it's oh, with those win championships. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. That's it. Our yep. very own uh, Josh Wolf, he also has stated that goals change games. So, yeah. <laughs> Dude, fucking if you're going to win the game, you're going to have to score, okay? Facts. <laughs> uh, moving across the pond, the Europa League final. Uh, Sevilla beat Roma. They win their seventh Europa League final. And Jose Mourinho loses for the first time ever what are y'all's thoughts paul bro it should have been Mourinho taking those pks like <laughs> by himself Dude, you know for um, his honor for his honor <laughs> but really this is you know you've heard it this is sevilla's final dude uh little yeah. little europa league they can't quite make it to the big stages yet but they seven can times have the b squad isn't anything to to laugh at bro exactly yeah it's a final Lojo. Big sad. I was pulling for Jose and Tammy. Um, <laughs> yep. You know, those, those are my those are my boys. So Tammy, hey, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then moving back close to home, uh, Diego's beat Chivas in Clausura 2023. Paul. Yeah, I was rocking my my Tigres kit uh, at the LV pickup earlier today, just to let people know, you know, like what's going down. So uh, it's really it's really funny, man. Just the dramatics of it all in Liga Mekis. Um, it's like it's two nil at halftime, and then just immediately like they ended up, you know, yeah, coming back three two. Yep. Yeah, three two is crazy, bro. All in the second half, that's crazy. Lojo, what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, I've never been super big on Liga Mekis, but. I, I, I feel I feel kind of bad for that Chivas dad on TikTok, honestly. So, dude, bro, facts, facts, bro, dude. <laughs> that was literally what I was gonna say. That's crazy. <laughs> I was that thinking, Chivas dad is down bad, bro. <laughs> Poor guy, dude. And all his son does is roast him. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> and then let's close this thing out. We have four games in the month of June. I believe that's correct. Four league games. 
Uh, what is our what is our point prediction here? Lojo, you first. I'm going eight. I don't eight think, points. I don't think we lose a game in June. I love it. Let's do I it. love it, Paul. What do you think, man? Mm, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with ten. Believe it or not. Woo! Yeah. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah, bro. Twenty points um, in two months. Okay. We're, gonna, we're we're gonna start to see some. I like it, y'all. I'm I'm gonna go with seven. Just because I think Wolf is still going to limit some minutes to start off, uh, or to, as we go throughout the months, there might still be some heavy rotation. But I'm really hopeful, man. We have two more Copa Teos games at the end of June, um, and that'll come after like an 11 day break, I think, between games. So we'll have exactly. good, we need it. Good rest. So and and I'm just like just to keep it in mind, keep it in perspective. We've got three out of those four games at home. You know what that's, I'm saying? That's a and good so point. all this stuff we were talking about about atmosphere, about all that jazz, like. Let's 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 help these guys get these points, man. Let's do it, damn, bro. All right, fuck it. I'm going twelve. Uh, twelve. We sweep the month. <laughs> that's my bad, y'all. That's my bad. I'm going twelve. We're winning. That boy game. went seven to twelve. Wow. Dude, is gonna have like seven goals. I'm not even sure. Uh, <laughs> all right, boys. Let's wrap this up. Uh, oh, one more thing. Sorry. Uh, MLS All Star Game voting is now. Um, so vote for your boys. Oh, yes. We need to make sure at minimum Galley is on this team. Galley, absolutely. At minimum. So everybody go. Uh, we'll, we'll post the link or share the link in the show notes um, for where to vote. So make sure you do that. I don't know if it's every day or once or I don't know. I'll, I'll figure it out. But anyway, um, let's wrap this up. We appreciate y'all kicking it with us th- on this week's episode of the Very Dependent Podcast. I've been Logan. Catch me on Twitter at LowBarVHLM. I'm Logan. Lojo, whatever you want to call me. You can find me at the Lolo Jones. And I'm Paul. You can call me that boy. Also catch me at Paul Andrews. <laughs> With the government. Wild, bro. <laughs> and, and, Here comes and y'all that make boy. sure to keep that boy. <laughs> make sure that uh, that chatter keeps on going online uh, by following us at The Very Dependent on Twitter. Uh, we'll keep keep talking. We're happy to be here. We're happy to have y'all with us. And it's been such a fun time, y'all. So we're on to, is this month two for us? Right? Month two, baby. Yeah, boy. That boy times three. Let's go. That's a podcast, y'all. Peace. So long. Deuce. Farewell. Of the eater <laughs> Oh, Ted Lasso. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye. Good stuff. I liked it. Oh, why are you screaming at me?